What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, everyone. My name is Pastor Maya Rodriguez from C3 Church, Las Vegas. I want to welcome you to my weekly podcast. It is a true privilege to be able to share the good news of God's Word with you. Enjoy. someone handsome or beautiful turn to that person say it's such a privilege such a privilege to have you here yes it is a privilege right let's give thanks to God for our avocado yeah turn to the other person say you're you're my avocado yeah you're my corn with butter and tajin and some mayo and some cheese okay anyway I saw this one video and it said um, someone was trying the Mexican corn with all the tajin and all of the things like, if everyone would just eat this, it would unite nations. Like, it would literally unite nations. Like, we would all be in agreement that this is the most wonderful thing and we could go from there. Right, you guys? If there is something about that special corn. Anyways... Okay, let's continue. We're having such a fun morning. Come on, if, how many came not only to learn about God, but also to be free in God's presence? There's freedom here, you guys, and that's a good thing. So, hey, we're in the series, The Battle of the Mind, and I want to continue. This is going to get juicier as we go because this is real. The battle is real, and the battle begins in the mind, and we learned last week about when your enemy or when my enemy is not actually the enemy, right? And it, 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 and it like, sometimes we're, we're fighting the wrong enemy or we can get stuck fighting um, with the people we should be fighting for. So instead of fighting with each other, we should be fighting for each other. Amen? Amen? Okay, so now we're going to build from there. Our, our um, verse where we're focusing this series on is Ephesians 6, chapter 10 to 13, and it says this. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and all his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's what? Schemes. The devil's what? Schemes. Against the devil's schemes. He's a schemer, okay? He doesn't fight you face to face. He's not going to come at you and be like, boo, I'm the devil. No, he's going to use people. He's going to go behind, right? He's going to slither on in. He's going to, he's going to put on a mask. He's going to play dirty. He doesn't play by the rules. He is a schemer. It says, because our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the powers of the dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. So we don't run for the hills. So we don't, cow, you know, cowardly go away or, or hide from it. So that we can be prepared and fight for our family, fight for our marriage, fight for our nation. Come on, you guys. You know, as I see this 9-11, I, I'm, I'm just emotional. I, 
I mean, I, I cry for England. I'm not even British, right? When I heard the queen died, like, literal tears came out of my eyes. And I'm not, like, my heart, there's just this pain in my heart because, you know, they're, they're losing their queen 70 years and, you know, her giving her life. And as I watched this video, you know, literally my heart was aching for, for all of our firemen, our first responders, our policemen that run into situations that we run from. Come on, you guys. There's so much hate on our public servants, but you know what? It's time for us to change our heart because our battle is not against that. You know, our battle, our battle is against the devil and we should honor. We, yes, even if you don't agree, you know, if they gave you a ticket, it was for a reason. I mean, okay. So he, the devil is a schemer. He is a schemer. Number one he brings diversions, right? When your enemy is not actually the enemy. But number two, he works through deception. So there's this show that I like to watch. I don't watch it all the time. It's not like my favorite show. But, you know, when I'm bored, there's nothing else on. I like to watch it. It's called Undercover Boss. Okay, so if you're not familiar with the show, today we're like putting everybody up to culture, right? Like, this is actually a very old show, but it's been going on for a while. So the basic premise is that the owner, or like the chief executive, you know, officer, or or whatever, um, of these major corporations, gets all a makeover, and just looks like a simple Joe, and goes and works in the most basic of jobs, in his own company, So no one knows he's the owner. No one knows he's the head honcho. And he goes in there and like pretends he doesn't know anything at all. So he's in basic, basic, basic training, okay? And he covers up his identity and spends his time not only dealing with customers, but interacting with these employees, with his the employees that work alongside of him and also the managers that are training him. So when it's like getting a taste of how what the company's actually all about. So you get to see, you know, the back, you know, the back of the room kind of scenes. You, he, he wants to hear what his employees are actually saying about the company. He not only learn where the faults or the strengths are, but also learn where the faults are. So the, fi- the part that I find so interesting is that when we get to see this person, how this person is treated when the others around him don't see him with the title of chief executive officer or, or owner of the company. And it's good sometimes, and sometimes it's really bad. Like, they mistreat him. They don't want to train him. They're like bad attitudes, or they back, they talk bad about the company. Or they'll say, like, things like, I watched this one. He's like, oh, yeah, we're supposed to do it this way, but... Oh, and I'm, like, dying inside because I'm, like, I want to scream through the TV, like... Don't do that. Don't say that. There was one about this massage place. And they're like, yeah, this is the oil that we're supposed to use, but it sucks. They're like, I never even sell it to people. It's the worst oil. Like, I bring my own oil. And I do. Have you guys seen that one? Or I use this other thing. And it's like, oh, my God. I get nervous. Like, I actually do get nervous watching these people. Like, you know, when, and then there's these 
other people that are super proud of the company and they're like, we work for the best company and we have the best product and I'm this and trains them super well. So they think that he is new and so because they think he doesn't know anything, they treat him that way a lot of times. People take advantage of him. And um, because of this, we see that sometimes the boss is treated kindly, like I said, and sometimes they're harassed. And at the end of the whole week, he brings them in, and now he is in the place behind the desk as the chief, right, as the head honcho. And sometimes he gives them rewards. And sometimes he learns from also the mistakes in his company. Like with the oil, he said, the oil actually is bad. I'm going to change it. You know, but other times he's like, like, you guys need a lot more training. So this goes to show that you can't always judge a book by its cover, right, you guys? You can't. You, you look at something, you look at someone, and in this instance, it's a learning situation. But I believe that a lot of times the devil comes disguised as something. And I don't want to say the boss is the devil. But, you know, he comes disguised, and we treat him as he was our friend and not the enemy. Like, we think that he's on our side. And we think what he offers us is good. And we think that the way that the world shows us is a better way. And sometimes we even think that the Bible is outdated and things like, hey, no premarital sex. Or, hey, um, you know, even though you're able to do everything, you shouldn't. Like drugs and stuff. You're like, oh, it's legal. I can do it. And then you're like, all dumb all day. You know? And you're like, wait a minute. The devil disguises himself and he deceives us. But later on, we pay the consequences. We pay the consequences. We're going to be called one day before God. And we're either going to be the ones paying the bill or we're going to be like, no, Jesus paid the bill for me. I want to be on the side of Jesus paid the bill for me. Like, I want to just lean completely on Jesus. I want to just completely know that I cannot qualify on my own. Am am I speaking to the right crowd? Come on. Come on, church. So with this in mind, and that you can't judge a book by its cover, I also want to say, like, how you feel is not always the truth. So sometimes that undercover person is actually yourself and your feelings. Because we're led and we're, we think that we're making the right decision because we're following our heart. Because our feelings tell us something. What you perceive to be true, feel to be true, think to be true, is not always the truth. Everything around you can be good and dandy, but you can be suffering from internal turmoil and anxiety. I remember holding my perfect newborn baby, Isabella, and I've shared this before, but I want to share it again. And it was my, you know, my second daughter. She's so perfect. God gave me this beautiful little baby girl, and you count the toes, you count the fingers, you, you know, the eyes, you look, and their nose, everything. She's so beautiful. But, and I was so grateful for the privilege of being chosen to be her mom, but at the same time, I suffered with postpartum depression. How do you come to terms with that? Like, how do I explain that? So should I kill myself? Or should I just say I'm the, you know, because my body and my mind, my feeling says, you're not, you're not cut out for this. You're the worst mom. Look at yourself. You have this distorted feeling, but it's not the truth. The truth is that I had a baby that needs a mom. 
but my feelings are telling me she doesn't. And maybe her life would be better without me. Come on. If anybody's ever suffered from depression. See, this is what I'm talking about because what happens is that the devil's a schemer. So he'll come and bring thoughts into your mind and you're going to, many of us hold on to them as truth. And we feel them to be true, but they're actually lies. I'm going somewhere. Hang on, okay? Have you ever looked around and wondered, why am I feeling this way? And that's actually the title of the message. The question, why am I feeling this way? Why do I have so many people around me that love me? Why do I have an avocado and a yummy corn with butter, right? Why do I have this, but yet there is this void inside of me, or I feel dark, or I feel gloomy, or I feel mad, or I feel distant, or I feel like, why, why am I feeling this way? How can I get up in the morning and have food on my table and have clothes to wear and have friends that love me, but one person decides to unfollow me or one person writes something negative on the chat, you know, because I'm a woman. Like, and I'm like, there's nothing that I can do to change that. Well, there is now, but I'm not going to do it, right? I'm a woman, okay? But... Yet I let that negative affect me and make me feel down and make me feel worthless or make me feel less than or make me feel forgotten or make me feel alone. And yet I have all of these other people or a whole church or I have my husband and just my two girls. I have my two dogs, which at least go and are happy to see me. I mean, there must be something or someone, right? And if you don't have anyone, not even a dog, you have God that loves you. I mean, there's always, and that's the major part. But yet, have you ever looked around and been like in the most perfect place and been feeling down? And you're like, why am I feeling like this? Like, how can it be? Jeremiah 17, 9 says, it's because the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. It says the heart is deceitful. Jeremiah 17, 9 to 10 in the message version says it like this. The heart is hopelessly dark and deceitful. A puzzle that no one can figure out. But I, God, search the heart and examine the mind. I get to the heart of the human. I get to the root of things. I treat them as they really are and not as they pretend to be. God is a God of truth. And he comes and today he's teaching us how not to follow our heart. How not to follow our feelings. To ask ourselves, why am I feeling this way? And then to get to the root of the problem. And to cast out all fear. Or to cast out all anxiety. Or cast out all depression. Or stand up from that situation. And know that the promises of God are, are higher than anything that this world can throw at us. Can I get an amen? Yes, deceit, you guys. Come on, give God the glory. So deceit. The action or practice of deceiving by concealing or misrepresenting the truth. You cover something up. You might say, oh, I, I didn't say it. 
yeah, but you covered it up. You wanted them to think it was something it wasn't. You know, the devil does this. He is a deceiver. I read this and thought it was the perfect example because I just so, like, am in tune with this. So you're driving down the highway just minding your own business when suddenly you glance into the rear view mirror, revealing that there is a highway patrol car and it's closing in on you with its lights on. Okay, they're flashing. What happens? Your heart leaps to your throat or goes down to somewhere else. Your palms begin to sweat. You feel nervous, uncertain, and you feel like you're going to throw. Well, I do. I feel like I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Right? You, being a law-abiding citizen that upholds the law, immediately begin to pull over, right? And you're like, okay. So you begin to pull over and all the time wondering what you did. What, what, you know, what, what am I going to say to him? Am I going to lie? Like, am I going to lie? And like, or am I going to try to like, like smile or like be like, oh, you know, trying to, I don't know, like what, what am I going to do? Like as they're walking and then they like leave you there. Yes. They leave you there for, for a time, right? They don't like come right away. So you're sitting there wondering and you're like, okay, everything's good. Everything's good. Everything's in place. You know, I wasn't doing anything. How fast was I going? Like you're doing all of this. And you're, I always, I'm like, my husband's going to kill me. He's going to kill me. No, no, he won't kill me. He didn't kill me before when I scratched his car. So he probably won't kill me. He'll just be a little mad. So all of this is going back, you know, through your head. And as you be- begin to pull over, the patrol car pulls around. So you're pulling over and then all of a sudden the c- p- patrol car actually just passes you and goes. Then you realize he was not after you. He was actually going somewhere else. But you already went through this whole, even, you even thought up of a lie. You already had your lie ready. Because you thought he was coming for you. But he passed you, and all of a sudden you're like, ah, and then you go back to normal. I don't have to lie. My husband's not going to kill me. Like, I'm good. I can keep on going. Like, it wasn't me. Feelings. My point on this is that feelings are deceiving Feelings can change in an instant. A lot of us make big decisions based on deceitful feelings. Come on, you guys. Come on. Come on. A lot of us, you guys, the devil's getting to us. Why? Because we're making decisions, eternal decisions, based on temporary situations. You're already thinking of your lie. I was already thinking of my husband. I was already thinking of how much it was going to set me back. I was already thinking about another house I had to sell to pay the ticket. I was already thinking about if I'm like going to smile at the police officer to try to get out of a ticket. You're already thinking all this up. Like even changing your character, willing to compromise who you are. You guys. But then when he passes you by, you're like, oh, back to normal. A lot of us live our lives this way, basing our attitude, our actions, and then blaming, I thought the police was after me. Always blaming other people. But the word of God says that we shouldn't be like a leaf taken by the wind. We need to be steadfast. We need to be the same. We need to be people of character. Come on, you guys. 
So I need to tell you guys something. This last month, like I had a major breakdown one day. Like major. Like major breakdown. And I mean, I've had crazy moments. How many can admit, like, if somebody would take a video of you, like you'd literally have to leave the country because your husband or your wife has seen like the ugliest of you. Yes? I just have to admit it. I'm going to admit it. I'm going to be, please don't judge me. But like I was so, and I was so, so, so like mad at my husband for like nothing. I don't think he even did anything, but I just, I couldn't stand him. I couldn't stand our house. Like I couldn't stand my life. Like, thank you. Like, I don't want to kill myself. I've never gone that far. I just love my life too much. I love eating too much to want to kill myself. Literally, the other day said, yesterday, <laughs> I'm admitting it, okay? The, the other day someone's like, oh, are you guys foodies? And I'm like, no, we're just fatties. <laughs> I'm just too much of a fatty to kill myself. Literally, okay? So, like, you're like, oh, you don't kill yourself because you love God. Well, yeah, that and I love food, okay? So, my point is this. Like, I had a major, major breakdown. And it was not my first one. I had one the month before. And, but like where I was just, I've had it. Like I was, I was ugly. Like I was just like, like, I, I, if I could have, I would have like packed my stuff up and just like moved to the other side of the house or something. I don't know. Like I would, I, I, it was just like a thing in me. And then it just, it passed. I didn't leave, obviously. I didn't go far. I, I was like already like. I'm going to go file for divorce. And what are the grounds? I don't know. I just feeling like I'm done. But it was, it was seriously like that. And then I went to the restroom. And I know this is like anything. But then it was the time of the month. And then I realized I looked at the calendar. And I'm and sharing this because I want you guys to know how awful and how far you can go. So I'm 44. I'm going through all of these emotions. Like my body's changing and a lot in my mind, and a lot of you guys aren't 44, and you're 13, and you're going through the same crazy, you know, or you're 20, you're going through the same crazy, or you're a man, you just turned 50, you're going through the same crazy, you know what I'm saying, we, we all go have our crazy, okay, you guys, so I saw the month before, and I realized this had happened the month before, and then I realized, and I was like, am I the problem? Like, am I the drama? I didn't know I was the drama. And you know what I realized? It was actually not my husband. It was me. And you know what I did now? I put an alert on my phone. No, I'm serious, you guys. I'm serious. For the next month, I already put an alert on my phone. And it says, you might get crazy. It's a reminder you guys, I, I'm serious. I didn't even know if I should say this thing, but I felt from the Holy Spirit, and you're like, this is, I'm serious. And it, and it says, you might get crazy. Remember, it's reminding myself I might get crazy that day and think that my life isn't worth living. Because sometimes your feelings come, and, and I'm telling you this because it was real. Like, it was real. It was a real, true, true feeling. I was even thinking, like, where am I going to go live? No, I don't, I don't know my parents. I know they'll take me, but then, no, I don't know. Like, I was, like, thinking, like, 
what am I going to do? But yet, it wasn't anything. Like, I can't tell you. It was a feeling. It was a feeling. Your heart, I'm not, I'm not saying it. God is saying it. Our heart is deceiving. And the devil takes advantage of that. That our feelings fluctuate. Maybe it's time you put a reminder on your phone and say, hey, you might just get a little crazy, but remember, he who is planted in the house of the Lord will grow and will bear fruit in all times. Let your yes be a yes and your no be a no. Let let he who, you know, live his life in gratitude with the wife of his youth, not with the new one. No, not with the new one. No, not with her. No, with the wife of his youth. What God has put together, what God has united, may no man, not even me, come apart, bring apart. You have to remind yourself of the truth of the word of God instead of being basing yourself on your feelings. This word is for somebody, you guys. There is a battle going on in our mind. There is a battle, and it's a true battle. It's a real battle, and we have to learn how to fight that battle. When you realize that he is not after you, but he's after, I mean, he's after you, but through your emotions, through your feelings. Feelings aren't facts. You determine your emotions by the choices of thoughts you hold onto, you believe, and you run with. And I can go as far as to say that you feel the way you do right now because of the thoughts that you have chosen to hold on to as truth. Because of the lies of the enemy that said, because your parents went through that, you're going to go through that. Because they had an addiction, you have an addictive personality. Because they have always been poor and in poverty, you're going to have to struggle. No, that is not a fact. That is a lie of the enemy. Stop holding on to the devil's lies as if they were truth. Your life is not transformed by the dealing with our feelings. The Bible never says that. It says it's transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then only will you be able to test and approve that God's will is perfect. When you deal with the mind, when you deal with those thoughts that the enemy's trying, be careful what you catch. Church, be careful what you catch. Have you ever caught the wrong thought? Have you ever caught the cold because you're hanging around people that are sick? Come on. You catch, you catch what the people around you have. So if the people around you are negative, if the people around you are talking about divorce, if the people around you are talking about addiction, if the people around you never budget their money and just spend and spend, if the people around you are doing that, then you will catch that. It's like a common cold. How about a thought of judgment as you scroll through Instagram and you see so-and-so with a certain thing or with a new car or with a new, and then instead of being happy, you, you judge it. Sometimes when I see my friends are out doing something, I'm like, man, I wish I was there. Like, I literally want to be there. But you can't let it be envy. You can't let it be jealousy. You have to be everything in love. See, you can catch the wrong thing. Have you ever read a text message and just read it in the wrong tone? 
and completely changes the way that that person, I'm like, what did you mean by this? Like, I'm the just the type of person. I'm like, wait, what did you mean about by this? No, I meant this. Oh my God, I just read it completely the wrong way. Sometimes we catch, we catch a thought of negativity or of something because someone looked at, we thought they looked at us the wrong way or they didn't say hello. Now let's go back with what I previously said. It's not the actual event, but your perception of that event, like with the police car. Do you perceive that they're after you? Do you perceive that you've done something wrong? Do you perceive like you have to lie? You have to just cover something up. You have to bat your eyes at someone that's not your husband. You have to do this. You have to compromise your character character because you're perceiving something. The Bible in Moses' time witnessed firsthand how two positive spies came to give a good report of the promised land. But then there was ten negative ones. Ten that said, no, no, we shouldn't go because that land, they're going to devour us. Let me tell you, this is the truth for every positive thought that God throws at you, the devil will come at you with 10 negative thoughts. He will because that is his strategy. So like on one hand, I have two thoughts that say, yes, go. Yes, you can. Yes, the best days are ahead of you. You leave here with two really positive thoughts, but yet you get home and 10 negative attacks from the enemy say, you can't, you won't, you'll never measure up. You'll never do it. Two say the best days are before you and ten say the best days are behind you. Note this, for every thought God brings to deliver you, the devil will bring ten thoughts to destroy you. God wants to deliver you, but the devil wants to destroy you. God, not Moses. I'm going to finish with this. God, not Moses. God promised that land to the people of Israel. He said, this is what I have for you. But the voice of 10 negative spies discouraged them from entering the new, from entering the new land, from entering the new life, from entering this new marriage, from entering this new opportunity, from entering the new business that God had already given them, that new promised land. And they allowed how these 10 spies perceived the situation to dictate. Caleb and Joshua were like, no, that's the place. Yes, God said that's the place. Let's go. There's milk and honey there. There's like, look at the fruit. There's evidence of this. This is why we left Egypt. This is why we're not vagabonds anymore. This is why we left sin. This is why we received Jesus. This is why, because there is a better tomorrow. But the 10 spies were like this. Yes, all of that is true, but, but, We can't attack those people. I want you to change that because it's not actually that they couldn't. It's that they thought they couldn't. I would change the verse for it to say, we think we can't attack those people. We think they are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report. The land we explored, we think devours the living. All the people we saw there are great size. We saw them. We think they seem like that. They thought we were grasshoppers. This is what we think they perceive of us. See, it wasn't actually the truth. God's truth needs to be your truth. God's word needs to be your, the word that you live by. It needs to be a lamp at your feet and a light unto your path. Come on, church. Sadly, the children of Israel caught what the ten spies had. 
They caught the cold of discouragement. They caught the cold of divorce. They caught the flu-like symptoms of not enough. And they decided not to move. Do you know that God then said, none of you will enter the promised land. It will be until your next generation. Church, we're about to step into something so new for this place. Women's conference is coming up. If you don't have your ticket, what is going on? What voice are you listening to? Our women's conference theme is all things new. If you're not wanting to go there, where are you staying? So many people can't step into the new because they're holding on to the old with teeth and nails. Because they want the old addiction. They want the old drama, the old problems, the old relationship. They want to keep on comparison. But God is saying, can't you see it? I've already begun. I'm doing something new inside of you. I'm doing something new in your land. The ten voices said we can't attack them. They're stronger than us. They will devour us. We're like grasshoppers in their eyes. And I ask, why? When you're thinking that, when you're looking at all and you're feeling that, say, why am I feeling this way? I'm going to pull up my calendar. I'm going to check. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm being reminded. This isn't the truth. This is a feeling. This is a passing feeling. This is an attack from the enemy. Sometimes he attacks in your heart, in your emotions. He comes and plants a seed. Why am I contemplating divorce? Why am I so negative? Why would a mother ever abandon her children? Why would a woman ever want to kill a child? Why would a man want to leave his family? Why? Why would children not love their parents? Why? Why do you feel so much hate against your parents or so much division? Why? It's not God. That's a feeling. You need to put, hey, I'm a little crazy right now because I'm going through puberty. But I need to remind myself that my parents love me. That my parents stayed up late hours putting beaks all over me, on my feet, on my chest, on my back, right? That my mother would bathe me. That my father worked long hours to provide for me. Devil, you are a liar. You are a deceiver. But today, I'm not going to be moved by my feelings. I'm going to hold on to the truth of God. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Oh, Heavenly Father. Let me tell you, God has already given you a promised land. And, and probably the devil has thrown you a couple of curveballs. <laughs> right, you guys? Like, you're like, man, this wasn't the plan. <laughs> like, I, what is going on here? Why? Why? Don't ask the devil. Ask God, why am I feeling this way? Why? Let me tell you something, though. God has confirmed a prophetic word over this house. He confirmed this prophetic word from last year, and I know it. I know it's a prophetic word, all things new. All things new. There's something new. I'm holding on to that as truth for my life. But in order for me to receive the new, in order for you to receive the new, we got to let go of that old. we got to open up our hearts and just let God work on all of that. And you know, some of you come to church and you want to raise your hands, and then the old comes and says, oh, you hypocrite. You're still living in sin. You're just doing this. With those same hands, you were just doing this other thing. Those same feet, you were just doing another thing. 
Look what just came out of your mouth. But the devil is a liar. He's a deceiver. And it said that we are not justified by our actions, but we're justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. So you remind the devil, I don't need to pay for that because Jesus paid for it already. I receive, that's why we thank you, Heavenly Father. We thank you not only for your promises, but by the love that you you went to that cross. You took on our burden. You took on our sin. You took on every single feeling. And the devil needs to just be cast out. The voices need to be shut out in the name of Jesus. We need to listen to the voice of health, the voice of prosperity, the voice of unity and not division, the voice of marriage, the voice of truthfulness, the voice of fidelity, the the voice of prosperity in Jesus' name today. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would be that solid ground, that we would build our homes above that rock, that we would stand firm, that waves will come and storms will come, but we will be faithful to your word. We will be faithful to this house. We will be like trees planted by the side of, of just of the stream, and we will have roots. We will have roots and we will grow and give fruit in all season because your hand is upon us. Your hand is not only upon our life. Your hand is upon women that want to have children. We will see children be born in this house. We will see generations to generations lifting up your name. Generations of faithful believers in God and Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Because that is the promise you have given our house. And we thank you in the name of Jesus. And the church says, Amen. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your family, friends, frenemies. Lord knows we all need more Jesus. Until next week.